Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, good morning, everybody. This is Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. Today is Monday, August 3rd, 2020. We have a special guest in Sean Gosselin, and uh, he is going to be here with us for the 15 Minutes of Fame session. And we're lucky to have him on the show with us. Uh, Sean is a good friend and fellow attorney and uh, is down in San Diego. And uh, he works sort of in a dual role. He works as outside counsel for Fujifilm. And then he's also a um, uh, works with the Major League Soccer and is a um, professional match evaluator. So we're going to talk about his experiences in sports and uh, get into a little bit of uh, uh, the effect of COVID-19 on sports, and we'll have some fun in the conversation. So, Sean, let's bring you in, and uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for being on with us. Hi, Jeremy. Thanks a lot for having me. It's nice to talk to you again. Oh, thanks. So, Sean, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background, uh, how you sort of got into sports, and and uh, and maybe talk a little about your current roles now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I guess going all the way back, um, until recent years, I, I played sports all my life. Uh, I was a big por- part of uh, who I was growing up, and uh, I went on to to play soccer in college as well. Um, so obviously, a, a big part of my college experience, um, as far as relationship building and challenges, and um, really the day to day as a college athlete, figuring out. Uh, when you're going to study, when you're going to eat, when you're going to have social time, you know, everything really revolves around, uh, around your sports life at that point. So, uh, I played soccer in college, um, made a lot of good relationships, um, studied history as well. Um, and, uh, then came out into the professional world, uh, after that. Very cool. And then, um, so you went to law school in San Diego, um, at University of San Diego, and then um, maybe talk a little about some of your first roles there, like where you worked and how you mm-hmm. worked your way into MLS and then also into Fujifilm. Uh, so I, while I was in law school, and actually I should say the first year out of college, I, I, I knew I was going to go to law school and was always interested in uh, some form of sports law. I think that maybe like a lot of people, the first thing that you're aware of is uh, – sports agents uh, in that field. So um, I was actually working in a travel sales role in Boston at the time, but found a up and coming uh, NFL agent uh, who needed uh, an assistant uh, and a recruiting uh, intern. So for that first year, uh, mainly in the the months uh, leading up to the draft in 2017, um, I helped him with um, with recruiting uh, decks for some of the, the football players who were coming out of college. Um, I helped him with draft preparation um, and then continued to work with him until I moved to San Diego uh, towards the end of 2007. Um, started law school in 2008 at USD and was actually still working at Qualcomm uh, for my first year of law school. Um, one of the reasons uh, I left uh, a, a great company 
at that time was that I wanted to get some more experiences um, as a law student uh, through internships and, and other jobs. So during, uh, during that second year of law school, I started to work at San Diego State in their athletic compliance office. Um, at the time, their, uh, their head of compliance um, was an attorney named Jay Larson, who is, uh, I believe, now an assistant athletic director at Cal Berkeley. Um, and he was absolutely uh, wonderful to work with and, and work for. Um, I ended up working for him throughout the summer uh, during my second year of law school. Um, I did a uh, international law school study abroad, and then I came back for the end of law school, and I went back to uh, San Diego State uh, and continued to work there until the end of law school. Uh, and that was a, it was a great experience because uh, of Jay. Uh, he was a great mentor, but um, at the time, it was, uh, it was Jay and it was myself working um, purely on the, the compliance issues. So um, we were able to interact with a number of the teams. We were, I was, I was able to, to, uh, do some reporting, um, to work on some, some educational materials. Um, and at that specific time, uh, you know, it was one of the really high, uh, high achieving years for the basketball program. So, um, there were a lot of interesting things that, um, we were able to work on as a result of that. Wow. That's really cool. And then, um, so from that experience with Jay, uh, who's a really good guy and, and, um, I believe we've met once or twice before, but so from that experience, how did that lead to then Fujifilm and then mm -hmm. uh, MLS? Uh, so at the end of law school, um, you know, you're, you're looking at different opportunities and, um, one of the opportunities was to, uh, with the experience I'd gotten at, at San Diego State, was potentially to go into that field. Um, and I, I don't know if it was uh, necessarily at San Diego State, but just to go into that field and pursue a, a position like that. And at the time, um, I really enjoyed my time. Um, I chose not to, uh, mainly because uh, I saw that for your career development in that particular field, uh, it was necessary to, to probably move around a little bit. Um, and apart from really uh, enjoying San Diego, um, I, I didn't I didn't want that um, that requirement to be part of my my career development. Um, so I had a good contact from Qualcomm, who had moved on to uh, another uh, biotech and pharmaceutical company in San Diego. And uh, she had a position there, so I went and worked there. Um, I eventually transitioned back to Qualcomm for three years, um, and still had, you know, the idea that it would be it would be nice to work in sports in, in in some way. I didn't exactly know what the transition would look like, if there would be a transition, or what the opportunity would be like. Um, but I always had in the back of my mind that that hopefully there was something that I could do there. Um, in 2016, I started working with Fujifilm as a, as a dedicated outside counsel and Fujifilm, um, you know, known for its film and, and camera, uh, products, um, has worked probably for the last 15 years or so 
to develop a, a, a biotech and bioscience um, wing of its business. And the company that I work for is, is a bioscience company. Um, and it's been a, a really good uh, experience working with them. Um, it's, it's, uh, there's some global work um, and, and we work with a number of the, the larger pharmaceutical companies uh, uh, in the US and beyond. Um, during that time at Fujifilm, um, I had a former teammate who had begun to work with MLS and this PME role. And he said, um, you know, there's a there's another team coming to Los Angeles in 2018, and they need some more PMEs. Is this something that you might be interested in? Um, so he connected me with the league and the individuals at the league, and we had a few conversations. Um, and uh, based on my background, uh, they determined that uh, that I qualified, and and they were willing to to bring me on and begin to train me for the role. Um, I was fortunate, you know, in the majority uh, of the players have more extensive uh, professional, well, I have no professional playing uh, career. A lot of the other uh, PMEs uh, have that in their background. Um, but basically, you know, the, the level that I was exposed to in college, um, and I think probably it, it helped to have uh, a legal education as well. Um, they saw they saw that that background and that experience level uh, as enough for them, and they uh, they brought me into the training for the first year. And um, yeah, it uh, it was two great years in 2018 and and in 2019 uh, as a PME. And I am still a PME, but um, this year, obviously due to the uh, due to the COVID situation, uh, the PMEs are are not uh, operating the way we have in the past. Okay, no, thanks, Sean. That's some great background. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience as a PME? I mean, you know, what I could gather, I frankly had not heard of it before, but it sounds like a fantastic opportunity. And what I could gather is that a professional match evaluator at Major League Soccer supports uh, MLS competition department to identify and report noteworthy officiating and disciplinary incidents uh, while at weekly matches. So although obviously different now during COVID, can you talk a little bit about what your role, you know, what your role is um, and maybe how that's changed, um, you know, a little bit or maybe a lot since COVID <laughs> and maybe just like, like kind of breaking it down for us in terms of like, you know, are you watching the games remotely? Are you at the games? Um, what's, what type of reports are you getting out? I mean, this is just really fascinating to me. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, so to answer your question, you know, as I said, uh, currently we're not operating um, due to the, the COVID situation. But um, the, the way that the role works is you um, you're there on behalf of the league uh, and you are a you're a neutral observer um, of many different facets of the really of the entire uh, competition based production. So um there's there's guidelines on um player interaction um on um the production with regard to how the how the game looks in stadium um with coach interaction uh referees um 
and really anything else that that you that you are aware of while you're there. So um, you have access to uh, to the stadium, and um, you are you know if you're if you're looking at a game, the PME um, is generally going to be somewhere um, at field level, um, mainly so that they they have that perspective on what's going on on the field and what's going on um, with the the various stadium operations and support systems that uh, that go into putting a putting an MLS match on. Um, and then uh, you you kind of collect your feedback um, and uh, depending upon what happened or didn't happen, um, you submit that report to the league after after each game and and they have a number of places that they uh, that they take it to. Um, at the end of the day, try to um, continue to to grow the league by uh, presenting the best and most professional um, uh, most professional match and most professional uh, game production that they can. I love this. So you're you're using like your legal skills and it almost acting like a judge in some sense. You're giving an you know, <laughs> independent opinion on the game, right? And so. In some sense, and you know, tell me if I'm completely off on this, but the first two examples that come to mind are, you know, recently the Dodgers relief pitcher Joe Kelly was uh, suspended for eight games, and that's like a 22 game equivalent in a 60 game shortened season, right? Mm-hmm. He was suspended because at least he he was not kicked out of the game or even um, any discipline that way, but essentially the Major League Baseball front office. Um, you know, from their reports thought that, you know, he was being intentional and throwing at the Astros hitters. And then the other example I think about is sort of like the NBA and uh, their investigation a while back into the referees and, um, and I think like some of the gambling stuff that was going on. So in some sense, you're an, and tell me if I'm completely wrong, but you're like an independent eye to make sure that the, the matches are free and clear of all sort of issues and problems and then you essentially report back what you see and, and hear. Ex, ex, yeah, that's very close. It's very close. You're there to be to be the eyes and the ears on the ground um, for anything outside of the norm that occurs, um, and keeping in mind uh, some particular objectives that uh, the league would like you to focus on, and, and that could be. Um, it's probably a combination of uh, the ongoing objectives that the league has, and if there is, if there's a certain situation, um, it could be that you know you're playing games in the middle of the summer and there's there's heat concerns. Now, that's not something I've worked on specifically, but that that would be an, you know something that at the beginning of the season maybe it wasn't um, necessarily an objective, but due to some new situations that have occurred, it's something that they want you to focus on. So you're, you're there to, uh, to report on behavior around certain objectives um, uh, and also just to, uh, to be somebody on the ground uh, who's neutral and can uh, explain uh, what you saw um, as, as a person with a soccer and, and sports background. Um, and if they want to use that as part of a uh, uh, part of a particular analysis that, that they're doing, then, then maybe they will. But 
but maybe they won't, you know, maybe they, they've got other, um, they've got other avenues where they can get the information. But uh, if you're there, then it at least opens up that possibility that you could, you could uh, provide some beneficial information. I love that. You're like, I've called you a judge. And, and now that you've explained it more now, it's like, you're almost like an independent auditor or, or a CPA or like an FBI agent. You're kind of out there and you're like, what's going on and, and taking notes. Now, of course, pre-COVID, this was all occurring in person, right? So you would show up to the game and you would be watching the games in person? Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. Okay. And then how many uh, PMEs or uh, performance match evaluators uh, um, are, are there across the country? Is there one for each game or how do you, how, do, how does that all work? Um, yeah, they, I, I believe there's, there, there's one, you know, whenever there's a game, there's going to be uh, a PME uh, unless there's, you know, some reason, some unexpected reason that one couldn't attend, but um, they generally like to have a few that uh, will rotate, um, rotate through the games in each market. I love that. Oh, that's really cool. It's fascinating. I mean, and with all the stuff that goes on in sports, I mean, um, you know, I'm just surprised I haven't heard of it before. And frankly, if other leagues aren't doing it, they should. You know, this is like having an independent, a neutral sort of person out there essentially saying this is what's right, this is what's wrong. And it allows the league to keep tabs on on action between teams. So I love it. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's it's uh, one point that uh, that you brought up that um, I I would agree with and was a surprise to me and it just wasn't necessarily something I expected. But, um, if, if I would say that the legal background is a, is a good one for this position. And I, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect it to be a hindrance, but I, I didn't expect it to be as helpful as it has been. Um, just the, the training to know how and when, um, acting a certain way will make sure that you are as, as neutral as possible. Um, knowing how and when to, or not when, but knowing how to work in confidential situations, um, how to, how to receive and document confidential information. Um, it, it's very important how to have conversations, um, with, with people who may be uh, in a, a very spirited state, as people often are and are passionate about sports, uh, how to have those conversations and make sure that, that they go well and that you are able to extract uh, as much information as you can while, while trying to uh, make sure that you're remaining neutral and, uh, um, and not adding to any, any particular passion or emotion that um, is part of that interaction. Well, that's great, John. I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing that and sort of moving into like the last question, you know, obviously your role with MLS, your role with Fujifilm as outside counsel. Um, one of the things I'd like to talk about in sort of closing is this idea of the future of entertainment, media and sports, you know, sort of in this post or sort of during COVID era. And Obviously, one example is you mentioned Fujifilm and all of its expertise and, and, you know, sort of filmography, so to speak, right? And it's like, 
um, you clearly see that brand around sports and you know a lot of the broadcasters are using it. And of course, one of the benefits or I guess good side, good things to come out of COVID is this idea of advances in broadcasting and mm -hmm. different angles and this sort of thing. So what, what do you sort of think is, what does the future look like for entertainment media and sports? And if maybe talk a little bit about maybe some of the things that you see coming forward and um, some of the, even if it's not even related to, you know, your two roles there with MLS or Fujifilm, what are some of the, some of the things that you see sort of happening going forward in entertainment media sports? The first thing, I guess if I was to, to start, and, and I think there's a number of opportunities that, that come off of this is the, the idea that um, I think if you go back five months ago or four months ago, um, the fear that sports media would have, and I think most of us would share that, that you couldn't put on a quality production without fans. Um, and I think that I'd, I'd love if everyone could still go to the games currently, but uh, I watch a lot of golf as well, uh, in addition to watching uh, a lot of soccer and, uh, and other sports, but I watch a lot of golf and they were, they were amongst the earliest leagues to come back. Um, and I'm surprised at how little I miss the fans. Um, and I'm surprised at all of the, uh, pleasantly surprised at all the opportunities that have arisen to do different things, whether that be different types of microphones or different types of camera angles, uh, or even, you know, there's there's the potential to um, just to understand what a say what a golf course looks like without fans and grandstands on it with the new camera angles. So I'm interested to see now. Hopefully, you know, sooner rather than later, all of these events will be able to to be uh, the way they were before with. Uh, with fans, uh, safely with, with large groups of fans. But, um, I think it opens up other opportunities for different types of sports productions. Um, and I hope that, and I'm sure that they will different, different networks in different ways will, will take what they've learned by trying out some new things and, and incorporate that into their future products. Wow. That's really cool. That's, I hadn't even thought of that. Um, that completely makes sense, right? Because, you know, broadcast was so focused on, well, fans have to be there. You know, like that was kind of like the model, right? Right. Now, like we're clearly seeing that not having fans has actually opened up some opportunities for advertising. You know, when putting people are putting tarps, teams are putting tarps on the first sort of eight rows or 20 rows of seats. Um, obviously, in a lot of digital aspects. Um, there's a lot of really interesting things that occur I guess the one downside, of course, is fans not being there, but also what it's like to play with no fans, right? Not having an audience, but that's fascinating. Uh, definitely seeing the production increase and seeing um, sort of how that's had an effect. Well, um, Sean, I appreciate you being on with us today. And um, this has been great, fascinating background and experience. And, um, you know, hopefully we have you on again in the future. And for all our listeners out here, this was Sean Gosselin. He's a Major League Soccer performance match evaluator and also outside counsel for Fujifilm. It's been a terrific pleasure to be on with you, Sean. If you want to have any closing thoughts before we uh, before we depart, 
It's uh, been great talking to you too, Jeremy. Um, I look forward to continuing to listen to the podcast uh, and uh, really appreciate you having me on and hopefully we can chat again. Uh, thanks, Sean. And for all our listeners, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. Have a great week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.